Robert Sapp here. Welcome to the podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since I've done one, but uh, I didn't hear anybody complaining. Now, I've been kind of busy, so getting trying to get back on schedule. It has been one year since I started these podcasts, and I want to thank any and all of you that are currently listening on a regular routine basis. I want to thank for those of you that tune in just on occasion and listen. Uh, this podcast is around the world and I want to thank you for for that. It's not about me though. It's not about anything that I do. It is about who I talk about and that is Jesus Christ. This is for His glory, not mine. And I was I found something in the last year that uh, you, if you listen to the James McPeters evangelistic ministry on Facebook or if you've been following it for any length of time, we started out on the radio about five or six, maybe seven years ago now. But a lot of times the podcast that I do is also the sermon that I either will do or have done. And tonight is no exception. This was the sermon that I put out on Facebook through the James McPeters Evangelistic Ministry. For those of you on Facebook, please go out and look at it. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, evangelistic ministry. Good word, good singing, old-fashioned singing. But uh, thank you for listening to that as well. We we talk about programs and we look at programs in, in churches and oh we're trying to grow our church and there's nothing wrong with growing the church there's nothing wrong with it at all so the more people you have the more souls that you can impact but a lot of preachers and a lot of churches get to the point where that's all it's about is growing the church and they bring in all kinds of programs and all kinds of things to get more people in my brother once told me that if you can bring them in with a hot dog, somebody else can take them out with a hamburger. And there's a lot of truth in that statement. We've got to learn, and in this past year, from March of 2020 to March of 2021, uh, hopefully we have learned to get back to the basics. What's important? What is the most important thing? And that's the word. But as a little child, you have learned, you've heard, you've seen, you may have even sung this song, Jesus loves me. But have you ever thought about what the words Jesus loves me means? Today's podcast is all about Jesus loves me. The song and scriptures to back up the verses. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And yes, I'm not singing the song. You would uh, turn the podcast off immediately if I'd started singing. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. He loved every one of us. Everyone that was then, everyone that will be, everyone that has been. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. Now, let's pause there for a second and talk about that. Yes, he loves every one of us. 
but there is a special connection to the family. Think about, oh well, I'll just, I'll use my dad as an example. My dad was one of the most giving, caring, loving men I'd ever been around in my life. Give you the shirt off of his back. Even if he knew you had wronged him or lied about him or done something to him, if you were in need and the community knew that my dad, Bobby Sapp, would, would help them out if at all possible. But if it came down to helping someone or helping his bride or his children, you know who he's going to help. He's going to help his wife. He's going to help his bride. He's going to help his children. We were family. We are family. And he would have helped us before he had helped anybody else. If there was anything left over, then yeah, they got it, but we got first dibs. In a way, God's the same. He's going to, he loves everybody. He's going to help everyone. He's drawing you to him through the Spirit. It's up to you to come and join. But he really loves his children. He listens to his children more than he does the not children. He listens for the not children to ask for repentance, to ask for you know, forgiveness. He listens to our cares, our needs, our wants, our desires. Most of us, I've got to admit, we just talk about our wants and our desires. We don't even really get into the needs. And he certainly loves it when we praise him. And unfortunately, a lot of us doesn't praise him. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus loves me. This I know. Matthew 19 and 14, But Jesus said, Suffer, little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. I remember seeing a picture somebody painted of this verse, Matthew 19 and 14, and just imagine what Jesus looks like to you and having children just running around and climbing on his lap and him throwing the infants up in the air and giggling and laughing and rubbing the head of the little tousled hair little boy and you know hugging the pretty little girl think about that that was what that painting was and i believe that's a that's a true picture a true essence of what jesus is suffer the little children forbid them not now we're not just talking about little kids here we're talking about everybody we all start out as babes and we grow. Hopefully we grow in the Lord. But in this particular instance, this particular verse, he was indeed talking to, about the little children because they had come, their parents had came, for, the, for Jesus to bless the children, but the disciples was shooing them away and keeping them away. And Jesus went, well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. Yeah, bring them in here. Allow them to come and don't tell them no. Come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Second Corinthians 12 and 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, than the power of Christ may rest upon me. They are weak, but he is strong. In, in my weakness is Christ's strength. In my strength is Christ's strength. I wouldn't have strength without Christ. But when I'm weak, Christ steps in. Physically, mentally, financially, spiritually, you name it, Christ steps in in my weaknesses.
Next verse. Jesus loves me, loves me still, though I'm very weak and ill. That I might from sin be free, bled and died upon the tree. Isaiah 53 and 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Now you know people that you prayed for and they've passed on. They've died. And you might have a bad taste in your mouth. You might be feeling angry at God for that. But let me explain something. If they were ready to go, if they knew Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the moment that they took their last breath here, their very next breath was in heaven and they were perfectly and totally healed, whole, complete, no pain, no suffering, no nothing. No cancer makes it through the gates of heaven. No blindness, no deafness, no lameness, no mental problems. We are whole. So sometimes we, we die in the flesh here to be made perfect there. Now, I will admit, I've seen miracles. I've seen people healed. I've been healed. So yes, he does touch us down here. And sometimes he works through the doctors and the medicines to heal us. But understand that just because someone died does not mean that God wasn't listening. He, and with his stripes, we are healed. Hebrews 9 and 22, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. He bled and died on the tree, on the cross of Calvary so that I could be made forgiven, so that I could be made complete, so I could make it to heaven, so you can make it to heaven, so you could be made whole. All we have to do is accept what he did on the cross of Calvary for us. And yes, we're getting close to the Easter season and we, we celebrate the resurrection. But let's not forget without the shedding of the blood on the cross of Calvary, there would be no resurrection. The cross was, was where everything took place. The resurrection, that's the icing on the cake. That tells me that I can live forever with him, that I will die in my body, but I will be made whole and complete with him. But the cross of Calvary is the most important thing of Easter, and we sometimes just phase that out. We don't even look at it. We we go to our sunrise services and we and ministers minister on the resurrection and the coming out of the tomb and Mary running to the tomb and Mary and Martha being asked by the by the angel, Why seek ye the living here among the dead? We we talk about that and I'm I do it as well. But the cross of Calvary is the most important part of Easter most important part of Christmas is the most important part of all the other 363 days of the year. Jesus loves me, he who died, heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin, let his little child come in. Luke 23 and 46, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. He died on the cross of Calvary so that we could live in heaven. 
ask for repentance, he will wash away your sin. It's the greatest miracle in the world how a life stained with sin but washed with the red blood becomes pure. That's the greatest miracle of them all. And that is the greatest of the great. Healings, yes, but the remission of sin is even better. Matthew 18, 1 and 5. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as the little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Again, not necessarily always just talking about the little kids, the the infants, the one year olds, the two year olds, the ten year olds. No. It's also talking about young converted Christians. Churches are really good about getting people to the altar, but unfortunately we all fail at the follow-through. We, we leave them at the altar. We say, okay, you've done this. You've, you've accepted Christ. Okay, be on your way. But now that's where all of the problems comes in, and that's why we're having such a, a terrible time with uh, people going back to their old ways because we do not show them we do not train them. A child cannot walk unless you train them. A child cannot talk unless you train them. A child cannot do anything unless you train them. And a young Christian is no different. They can do nothing in the Lord unless older Christians train them. Revelations 21 and 21, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And the gates shall open wide. He shall wash away my sin and let his little child come in. Now, I read this scripture in Revelation and I think of my mother. My mom's name was Pearly, And she truly believed that, well, I don't know that she truly believed, but she always told us that God loved her so much that he named the gates of heaven after her, the Pearly Gates. We'll get to see those gates if you know Jesus, if you've accepted him. You'll get to see those gates. You'll get to walk through those gates. And when you get on the other side, nothing ever will be wrong again. Now, down here, we're going to have problems. We're going to have bad days. We're going to have pain. We're going to have agony. We're going to have heartbreak. But up there, there will never be anything wrong. But down here, Yes, but we got to go through this to get there. Jesus loves me. He will stay close beside me all the way. Thou hast bled and died for me. I will henceforth live for thee. Deuteronomy 31 and 8 says, And the Lord, be it that doth, doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. I will never leave thee or forsake thee. Uh, as a grandpa, I hold on to my grandchildren's hands. 
I don't just let them hold to my hand. I hold to their hand because in the excitement and the and scared or frightened or whatever, they can let go. But as a grandpa, as an older gentleman, I know that I won't let go. That I'm going to take and protect those kids no matter what. And when they're up in my lap and I've got my arms around them, nothing, nothing can get to them. I saw my dad. I'm the baby of six kids. And every one of my four sisters would come in, no matter how old they were up until the time my dad got sick. They'd climb up in my dad's lap, and they'd he'd wrap their arms, his arms around them, and they knew they were safe from no, everything. Brothers couldn't get to them. Husbands couldn't get to them. The evil of the world couldn't get to them because they were sitting in daddy's lap. God is a heavenly father and he wants us to climb up in his lap and he wants to wrap his arms around us and when we do that, whether we're man or woman, nothing can harm us. Nothing can ever hurt us as long as we are sitting in God's lap with his arms around us. Hebrews 13 and 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's going to walk with us and he's going to hold on to our hand. Romans 6 and 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages, that's what I earn. That's what the company I work for pays me to do what I do for a living. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I'm underpaid. I'm not going to tell you that I'm overpaid. Depends on who you talk to as to what they'll tell you. But the wages of sin, all of us has earned this. That's what we have earned. And that's death. But God gives us a gift of eternal life through Jesus on the cross of Calvary. And all we have to do is accept it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Go back to John 3.16 for a second. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this day. We thank you for your many blessings upon our life, for allowing us the opportunity once again to come boldly into your throne room, to, to climb up into your lap, for you to wrap your arms around us. Lord, we ask that you'll move and that you'll touch if there is any here that is listening, any that will be listening that does not know you, that you will draw them to you by your Spirit and that they will accept Jesus' death on the cross is their remission of sin. Lord, we plan it. We ask that someone come by and water. But Lord, we know that you will give the increase. In Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. I'm going to leave you with this. Number 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Until we meet again, take care of each other.